Hi, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk. My name is Alex Anders and I am a best-selling bisexual romance author and one of the creators of Fluid Style Co., a clothing company created for bisexuals. Bisexual Real Talk is a show where each week I talk about the latest developments, studies, and strides made by the bisexual community. Sometimes I'll talk about what's going right, other times I'll talk about what's going wrong. But always you'll feel empowered and like you found the place where you belong. And if this podcast ever sounds like a YouTube channel, that's because it is. You can always check out Bisexual Real Talk on YouTube and join the conversation in the comments section there. Until then, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk, and let's talk about bisexuality. Hi! That's right, I'm back from Japan! And it was literally the best vacation of my life. Um, I don't think I will ever have a vacation that's anywhere near as close. Loved it. Loved um, Japan. Loved the people. I loved the uh, geography of it. Loved everything about it. And um, you might have noticed, like, there's a flag behind me on the wall. And I, funny story. So that is actually, I cut that down, but that was a part of a walking stick that I purchased to get up to the top of Mount Fuji. Yes, I hiked to the top of Mount Fuji. A once in a lifetime experience because I am never doing that again. But when I bought the stick, like a couple of us bought sticks and like the whole deal is you buy the stick and you can get like things burned into the stick. Like if you can see the top of the stick next to the flag on the stick itself, you can see like if you look very closely, you can see writing or at least like a burn mark. You can get those when you go to different stations as you go up the mountain, you can get like different ones and pay a bunch of money. I got a couple, but um, the person I was talking to, like a snarky woman in our traveling group said, after not seeing that I had a stick, like saw someone else had a stick and said, what are you going to do with that? Have it in your house and just keep it. And then when people come into your house, say, hey, this is a stick I used to go to Mount Fuji. Well, joke's on you, snarky person, because now it's on my set and thousands of people will see it. And I'll be able to say, hey, that's the stick I used to go to the top of Mount Fuji. So there it is. So today's video is going to be about uh, what it's like being bisexual in Japan. And it's going to have two aspects. It's going to be first, my impressions as a bisexual traveling through Japan, things I've, I've noticed, the things that were pointed out to me, and also the experiences of people in Japan being bisexual. I had some really interesting conversations, one of which was with a Japanese who, celebrity who is currently in the closet but is actually bisexual and we talked about coming out we talked about all those things but i'll get to it in a second so i'll talk about all this stuff as soon as i mentioned that today's video is brought to you by my latest book which is how to win the love game it's a book about the the chemistry of love and how you can uh, fall in love stay in love help other people fall in love with you and i talk about often from the perspective of a bisexual since i am a bisexual so yes i'll talk more about the book at the end of the video until then Let's talk about being bisexual in Japan. Okay, so um, part of my goal when I went to Japan is to be able to talk to people to find out what it's like. So um, I, ha I was in Japan for three Saturdays and each Saturday I hit a gay bar um, because actually I hit bars where gays frequented. Very important, I'll tell you a while later. Um, to try and get some perspective and also to have a good time. 
So the first Saturday I got there, I went to a place called uh, Dragon Den in Tokyo. It's a very popular place for foreigners to go to in Tokyo. And I happened to be sitting next to this dude and um, he was gay, but I asked him what it's like being um, bisexual and he said he's known bisexual. Actually, he said amongst other things that he used to be an escort, which means that he used to have sex for money. Now, you might think that's extreme and weird, but here's the crazy thing about Japan. I should really mention this before I go on. Japan is um, a unique, unique place on earth. They are very still, even in 2018, steeped in tradition. Traditions like um, bowing and thinking of society as like a community, like, like you do things in order to make sure that life isn't hard for other people. Like in America, that's like a crazy thought, but it was so wonderful. Like people try to be curious. Like for example, you don't talk, my traveling friends, you don't talk on a subway. Okay. You just don't because especially in Tokyo or at least in Osaka and Tokyo specifically, because it can get so busy during rush hour. Like you are jam packed with people during rush hour in the subways in Tokyo. And if someone's talking, it would just be nightmarish to have to listen to all those conversations because it's so full. So, so tradition is you do not speak. You do not speak at all in a subway in Tokyo and Osaka. And when you do speak, it's clear that you are not Japanese. You might be a traveling Chinese person. You might be a foreigner like myself, but it just doesn't happen. And things like, you know, everyone in Tokyo, if you're standing on an escalator, you stand on the left-hand side so people can walk by you on the right. But in Osaka, you stand on the right-hand side so people can walk by you on the left. And then, of course, the things like the bowing. Bowing is a real thing. Like, a lot of people bow. They bow like stewardesses, bow on, the, on airplanes. Um, the people who check you into your rooms bow to you. I was in Osaka, and this is so amazingly wonderful. Um, I was at a club med because I went scuba diving. And uh, there was a person who was checking out of the hotel and they had this tradition where the bell hops, like they take, put, they take the luggage, they put it into the bus the person's about to leave in. And, and they all like wave, bye, bye. Like they were like four or five and they're all like, bye. And then as the bus pulls away, the bell, young bell hops run after the bus yelling, bye, bye. And let me tell you, I don't know what it's like to actually do it, but Watching it and I guess human experiencing it must feel so good. So really, there's so many traditions in, J in Japan. Like they, you purchase something in a store and they gift wrap it for you for no reason. It's just, it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. But on that, like that's the positive side when you're a tourist. But living there, there are other kind of issues where uh, family units, like husband and wife units, aren't exactly known for their intimacy. And also, um, Japanese men, I'm sorry if you are a Japanese person watching this, but at least in Japan, they're known to be shy. Like everyone says it. Foreigners say it about Japanese men. Japanese men say it about themselves. Um, and Japanese women say it about the Japanese men. 
They're just known to be shy, so they're not very sexually aggressive in a traditional way. Now, there's a there's a horrible problem with groping on trains in Japan, and I was groped. I was groped when I went to this bar, like full-on, full-on groped, like groped when I went to this bar by this older Japanese dude. So yeah, groping's a problem in Japan, and I think it all comes from the fact that they aren't allowed, as a stereotype, they aren't all allowed to express themselves fully. You have to really restrain yourself. You have to be quiet when you're in these places, when you're in your home, because the walls are so thin. You're always being constrained all the time, so there's a part of you that always wants to kind of pop out. So because of that, um, they have things in Japan like, like cuddle cafes, where Japanese men go to these cafes and they pay to lay next to a girl, a girl, and you, depending on how much you pay, depends on how much they do. Like you could just lay in the same bed and that's it. You could lay staring into the person's eyes and that's a certain amount of money. You could lay with them holding you or you could pay for them to have you stroke your hair or stroke your arm. And that's just the beginning. It goes way beyond that. So sex is legal to pay for sex in Japan. So they have things also called blowjob cafes where you can go in, you pay money, they wipe you down, they give you a blowjob, they clean you up, and then they send you out. And very popular, like everywhere in Japan, are things called host and hostesses cafes. So, and this is just my impression is that because People have to be so restrained all the time there. Like marriages, I assume, are as restrained as society is. Y you want to feel that kind of enthusiastic love for you. So what do you do? You go to host cafes. And what it is is basically you and maybe a group of women um, can go to a host cafe. And you sit at a bar or you sit at a table and an attractive man will come over and usually these men are like twinks, if you know what a twink is. Like these men are young, hairless, and very feminine looking. And they come over and they talk to you and they make you feel good and they pay, they keep pouring you alcohol, which you have to pay for, and you guys drink together. There's no sex, it's just this thing where this is the experience. You just get this ego kind of strokes from this attractive person spending time with you. And they have it for women where men come over. And they have it for men where women come over. But it goes beyond that. Of course, you could also pay to just have sex. But there are things like uh, happening cafes. So, you know, there's happening cafes and there's another one. I forget the name of it. But if you're a couple, you can go there and you can, like, do swinger stuff. And this is just common. This is just common. And there's a thing called happening cafe where you could just go if you're a single person or if you're a couple, and you could just have sex with whoever shows up. And that's not even including bathhouses for gay men and bisexual men. So, so to, and there's also a, a statistic that I saw that some crazy amount of, of Japanese girls or women have, have worked with escorting industry in some way, not necessarily having sex, but maybe they were in a cuddle cafe or something like that, like 60%, some crazy, crazy number of young Japanese girls have done this. So the fact that this guy told me that he had been an escort a couple years ago was not that big a deal. And he was describing situations where, you know, he met with men who were married. And his impression, 
he was about 27 years old. And also it's important in Japan that like generation matters. Like there's the generation of early 20s and younger. There's like mid 20s to mid 30s. There's like, you know, upper 30s to like upper 50s. And then there's the older generation. This guy was like late 20s. Um, and he thought that, you know, bisexuality, you know, it wasn't a big deal. People didn't make a big deal out of it. And it was just like a common thing, which I was kind of surprised about. But that was his, that's what it got from him, a gay person. Um, that was on a Saturday night, had a great time, did lots of stuff I can't talk about here. I can only write about my romance books. But um, that was a great night. On Monday when I was about to leave Tokyo, I decided I was going to like kick this into gear and try and really figure out, like, figure out how I could talk to bisexuals. And I got the idea of like checking out an LGBT center in, in, in Tokyo. And it turns out there is one. There is literally just one LGBT center in Tokyo. So I had my translator, our tour guide, call up to make sure that it was okay for me to come over and you know, that they spoke English there and stuff like that. We got all cleared and the person said, looking forward to seeing me, the friend, the person who he was calling for. And everything was all good. So I go to Shinjuku, which is the fun, fun part of Tokyo. Uh, and I walk to the LGBT center and I was expecting it to be like an LGBT center like in the United States or specifically like in Los Angeles where the LGBT centers are standalone units and there's a door and you go in and maybe there's a receptionist and there are pamphlets and stuff like that and maybe you could talk to a receptionist to see how it is and, and stuff like that. That was what I was expecting. When I got there, it was basically an apartment building and they were like buzzers, like button, buttons to press in order to get to wherever you're going. But everything was written in Japanese and I don't speak Japanese. So I had to call up and I you know, said to them, someone called for me earlier. Um, I, I'd like to come in because I'm a YouTuber. I was, I'd just like to get an impression of what it's like being bisexual in Japan. I'd love to be able to just talk to anyone who's there. And that did not go over well. Why did that not go over well? I think for a couple of reasons. First of all, they said they were very busy. Now they're saying they're very busy. When I was when my friend called on the phone, they weren't busy. Now suddenly they're busy. So I don't know how busy they are. Anyway, um, on top of that, I think that they didn't have anyone in the LGBT center who was bisexual. But beyond beyond that, I think that there was no one in that LGBT center at that time who actually knew anything about bisexuality. That was a very strong impression that I got. Um, and in fact, when I was talking to the person on the phone, the person, and I told him I was going to do this video, they said, oh, that'd be very interesting because he himself would like to know what it's like being bisexual in Japan, which isn't really something you expect to hear from someone who works in LGBT center, LGBT center. Anyway, so we decided that it's probably the best option for me would be to go back to the bars and check that out. So I went back to Dragon Den. Um, and I spoke to uh, the bartender at Dragon Den because on Mondays it is empty. So I spoke to the bartender and he was about 35, maybe a little, maybe 36. And I asked him, does any bisexuals ever come in here? And he says, um, he does not believe that bisexuals exist. So there's a difference there. Like one age group, uh, you know, everything's, yeah, cool and normal to be bisexual. And then you step up an age group and then suddenly you get people who don't believe that bisexuals exist. And we go and we talk about it for a while and I asked him why he doesn't think bisexuals exist. And his reasoning is that because married men have sex with men. 
which would make them gay, which shows to him that bisexuals don't exist. Why would they be having sex with men if they were bisexual? So bisexuals, clearly those married men are just gay, so bisexuals don't. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me either. It does not make sense. It's just the crazy thought that people have that, that, that bisexuals don't exist and apparently exist in Japan as well. So after talking to him, I, after he asks me if I am bisexual, I tell him yes. The conversation drops off very, very quickly and he turns around and walk, goes walks away. So I leave that bar. I go to another bar called Arty Farty. Um, and it's a Monday night. I, I, I stopped in for a second on Saturday night. It was very busy. But on Monday night, there are literally six patrons in the bar, six people in the bar. But four of them are sitting on a bench, two together on one end of the bench, two together on the other end of the bench. So I go and plop myself in the middle of them. And on the left-hand side is a Japanese, male Japanese couple. So I turn to the guy and I say, hey, speak English? Actually, what I said is English? And he said, yes. And then he spoke very good English. Apparently he lived in, I think he lived in New York for a short period. So we proceed to talk. He's a young guy. He's like, I think he was 21 years old. Still in college, maybe he's 20, still in college, very friendly, very talkative. And we're, we're chatting and I'm asking him about being gay and, I'm ask, and then I start asking him about being bisexual. And he tells me that his friend that he's there with is actually bisexual. So I'm like, score! His friend didn't speak English as well. So I proceeded to like ask him questions. I'd already asked a gay dude a ton of questions. If, you, if those who know me in real life, you know that... I ask, give, give me one drink. I don't even give me a drink. And I will just ask the most personal questions. And for whatever reason, people answer them. So I was already asking really personal questions. And I start translating questions, of course. So I got an impression from his generation what it's like. And his generation of bisexuality, including this is what the gay dude said and what the bisexual said, which is that it is no big deal at all being bisexual um, in Japan in that age group. Um, that no one makes a big deal out of it. Women don't make a big deal out of it. Girls don't make a big deal out of it. So what I really get the impression is that that age group is very much like that age group in the United States where it's like, no, it's just a thing. Like, I'm sure there are places, in fact, it's a fact that there are places where it's not accepted, being bisexual and being gay. Um, but amongst the Tokyo crowd, the you know liberal sort of big city sort of crowd, it really is no big deal. And um, I asked the gay dude if he was out to his parents. The gay dude said that he was. I asked the bisexual if he's out to his parents, and he said that he wasn't, but he's pretty sure that uh, his parents know he's bisexual and that, that people do come out to their parents as bisexual in Japan of that age group. So that was my night there on that Monday night. After, like, after talking to him for like 20 minutes or something like that, it comes out that they were there on a date. Now, I'm not that rude. Like, I saw them sitting down before I walked over, and like I was at the bar for like a minute or two, and I looked over, and those two were not talking to each other. They were not. They were just sitting, staring at this empty bar, quiet. So I went over there and talked to them, thinking they were two buddies. And then the guy proceeded to talk to me for like 15 minutes before bringing up the fact that he was there on a date, a first date. Nonetheless, uh, so after like, at pl you know, pl plowing them with questions, then finally the guy whispered, the, the guy who only spoke Japanese whispered into his ear, 
basically saying that, you know, he wanted to have more time with them. Well, thank God he did. He was on a date, for Christ's sake. So, so that's why I exited. But that was my impressions. Those are the impressions I got from Tokyo. The next Saturday, I was in uh, Osaka, and I went again um, out searching. There was a gay bar that I was going to, Frenzy Frenzy, which was very fun. But be, but I got there kind of early. So there was a sports bar that I went to, which is right down the street from it. And basically, my phone was dying. So I decided to, like, I wanted to plug in and get a drink. Uh, and I asked the person in the front, you know, hosting, showing people in, if I could plug in my phone. He didn't know what I was talking about. So he brought over this Japanese girl who spoke English. And she, you know, took my phone and plugged it in. And I got a drink and I sat at the bar. And I guess she's like the designated English speaker for the bar. Like there's a lot of people who speak English in Japan, a lot. And there are a lot of, the, the most common foreign language in Japan is English. So, you know, they have pictures in, on menus. They just have a lot of ways of helping people who speak English get around. And apparently this bar had a designated English speaker. So I go and I sit down at the bar and um, I'm just having my drink, my plum wine, and she comes back over and she starts chatting. So um, I tell her that I'm only there for a drink. I plan on going to the gay bar that's down the, down the street there. And I tell her I'm a YouTuber. And she's like, oh, really? Really? That's cool. And I, maybe she's watching. Um, I told her my channel. Uh, and surprisingly enough, she says to me that she's not bisexual, but she just graduated from college or she just had a class in college that's the equivalent of LGBT studies. Like, this is the one female I talked to in all of Japan, and it happened to be someone who had taken a class recently on LGBT studies. Because she, she said she took it because she wanted to understand the LGBT community better, which is so awesome, so cool. And I started asking her questions this time about, you know, female, being female and bisexual. She said that it's, it's kind of accepted to be bisexual in Japan if you're male. And she said that she knew gay guys uh, in Japan. And I think she said she knew bisexual dudes in Japan. But I asked her if she knew any bisexual women, and she said no. So I think it's like a, it's a flip from the United States, where in the United States, it's like completely acceptable, you know, in most circles, to be bisexual or have bisexual feelings if you're female, but not acceptable when you're male. But in Japan, to be gay or bisexual male in Japan is more accepted than to be uh, bisexual and female in Japan. Although I did see, like I saw a number of what I would assume to be uh, not necessarily lesbian couples, but female, female couples. And this is hard to tell because whew, like gender expression is very different from um, America. But I have to assume when there's a woman and she looks very much like a boy, I have to assume that she is somehow gender fluid. And I've, I saw a couple of women, especially in the gay parts of town, where women who could very easily be mistaken for a boy were with feminine girls. And I have to assume that would be um, a either bisexual or a heterosexual or homosexual part, part pairing. Right. Even though that's the case, she said that she has never met a bisexual woman in Japan. So that was interesting. 
So from there, I go to uh, the gay bar. I don't learn any, from, any information there, but it was a super fun night. In fact, um, I told you there were only six people in Artie Farty back in Tokyo, and there were four people on the bench. Turns out, after I come and I have a drink, the two people who were sitting on my other side came in and said, did we just see you in Artie Farty in Tokyo? And I spend the rest of the night talking to them. A super, super fun night, which again, I can't go into detail with, except in my romance books. Anyway, so that was my experience in Osaka. But then it got really interesting when I went to Okinawa, which is an island off the coast of, off the main island of Japan. And their culture is slightly different. It's still Japanese culture, but as someone was telling us, Okinawans have a problem with Americans because there are American bases there and Americans do horrible things there. They do, they do horrible things. So Okinawans oftentimes have a problem with uh, Americans, but at the same time, Okinawans can have a problem with Japanese. So it's just like a different sort of culture there. But I was there on a Saturday night again, so I went to another gay bar, this time called Eight Men. Actually, I don't want to say gay bar. On their website, they describe themselves as an LGBT-friendly bar. And that's very important because Eight Men, I loved it. It was super fun. The most fun I had was at Eight Men. But there were, at one point, as many women there as there were men there. So in my mind, I think of it as a bisexual bar. Now, were these women bisexual or lesbian? I don't know. Maybe not. There was one point, I, I should say, the night got wild for me. And there was, yeah. And there was a dude who was like, you know, dancing up on me. And it's a small place. And the, at the bar closest to me was this woman. And the entire time, Japanese woman, and the entire time, she's just like staring and smiling, going, yeah, yeah. And she was there with a dude. So the guy who was being friendly to me goes to the bathroom. And, and of course, I turn to her and I go, actually, no, she says, she says to me, bi, in terms of bisexual. I go, yes. I go, you bi? And she goes, no, no. I go, the guy with you, the guy who is clearly with you, is he bi? And she's like, boyfriend. I go, bi? And she goes, no, 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 no. So apparently, she just came because she loved, she got off on watching two guys together. So this is the bar, which I actually really, I really, I liked because I write, she would like, she'd be like one of my customers who buys my books. Anyway, so it was like, that was the vibe of the place. But when I was there, this is when I talked to the Japanese celebrity. Like I got in, I sat down and the guy sitting on the right hand side of me, it, like I start talking to him, I tell him, I'm asking him questions, but I ask him, you know, what are you? He says he's gay. Um, and then we start talking and I start asking him about, you know, if he knows any bisexuals. He says, yes, he's known some bisexuals. Uh, I asked him if he's known any bisexual women for my, you know, seeing that they're so rare. And she's, he says he's been there for 15 years and he's met two bisexual women during that time. So I'm like, OK. But as we continue to talk, like he says things and I start thinking, you know what? I should ask another important question here. I ask him have you ever been with a woman? And he says to me, yes. I go, huh. Now keep in mind, he is like a legit Japanese celebrity. He, like he, he's currently on a television show. He's had a series in the past. He's been in movies. Like he's a, he's a legit Japanese uh, celebrity. So um, I, he says he's been with a woman. And I, and I said, when? When, was you, when were you last with a woman? 
And he says, last month. And I go, um, okay, okay. And my mind is like, I'm starting to think this dude is actually bisexual. He, he said he was gay. I'm thinking this dude is actually bisexual. So I ask him, so before that, when was the last time you were with a woman? And he says, a year ago. And I'm like, okay, so you know that you would be bisexual, right? And he goes, um, I, I am, actually, I don't actually remember how he answers, but I do know that he basically dodged the question. Um, and I start, I start saying to him, like, so, you know, are you out? And he says, no, he isn't out. Uh, and that it's kind of a problem because a lot of, like, his name comes up online a lot and there are a lot of rumors that he's gay. So I said to him, well, would you consider coming out? Like, if you came out, what would you come out as? Because at this time I'm thinking... He's saying he's gay, but in actuality, he's bisexual. So, you know, how can I encourage him to embrace his bisexualness? Like, that's what I'm thinking. But I say to him, like, what would you come out as? And he said, I think interestingly enough, that he, he said he would come out as bisexual. And I'm like, but you introduce yourself to me as gay. He's like, I know. I go... So is it that you feel very comfortable in gay culture and that's why you call yourself gay? He says, no, I do not feel comfortable in gay culture. In fact, any conversation longer than 30 seconds about some superficial gay thing, I can't stand. And I'm like, okay, so why, do you, why did you describe yourself as gay? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Okay, so I think we all established by the end of the conversation w was that, that he is bisexual. And, you know, he said he's been thinking about coming out um, as bisexual and it's been playing on his mind a lot. And the conversation that we were having was like further, like he'd never talked about it to anyone um, before. But me talking to him like has furthered his thought process on coming out. And I said to him, you know, you know, if you come out as bisexual, you're going to, like, help a lot of people. And he goes, I know, I know. I'm like, so you think it might happen? He's like, it might, it might. I, I have, you know, maybe not right now is the right time. Um, but it might come out. I, I mean, I might, I might come out. And it was just like a really, really interesting conversation with someone who feels the pressure of, you know, putting on a straight front. Now, he did say that he would describe himself as mostly gay. So that could have to do with why he described himself as gay. Like he would mostly see himself in a relationship with a dude. Even though he's had recent relationships with women, he would be happier with a relationship with a dude. Um, so, you know, mostly gay, but clearly 100% bisexual. Um, so yeah, that was very interesting. And then someone else at the bar, uh, I asked someone else at the bar that same question. He was a foreigner. And he actually said, no, I'm bisexual. So I said, what's like, what is it like being a foreigner in Japan um, as bisexual? And he said, it's, it's no big deal. Like, I guess he was, I'm going to say that he was probably early 30s. The guy, the celebrity guy was, I'm not going to say his age because he's still in the closet. But the guy, the guy who was a foreigner, 
said that he was in, I think he was in his early 30s, and he said it was no big deal. He's, he's in a relationship with a gay dude, and he didn't see like a big deal about it. In fact, I started talking to a couple of the other patrons, and they also said that they didn't see it was a big deal either. So those were my impressions about being bisexual in Japan. I think it's it's broken down. I did speak to one other thing in terms of generations. Like the youngest generation, the, the, the young 20s and below, there's like in America, the young 20s and below, uh, mid-20s to mid-30s, it's, um, I guess, much like being like Generation X or the United States where people won't necessarily will make fun of you. You're not really completely open with it, but you feel like if necessary, if you had to come out, people might accept you. And then from like late 30s to like mid-50s, the gay dudes at least, actually, and I think everyone just does not they don't come out they don't think they may not think that bisexuals exist uh and it's kind of like this closed-minded sort of the worst of american gay culture is basically what they are but interesting thing too is i was talking to someone else actually don't remember i heard this but essentially once you get past like 55 maybe even a little older maybe it's like 65 and above once again, you get to like what it is like when, with the 20 and below, which is that they seriously don't care. Like I was told that the oldest people in Japan just don't care about such things. And my guess, and this is just a guess, is that there's actually a, a long tradition of, of bisexuality in Japan. Like there's a very, very famous samurai who was um, bisexual, you know, in Japan. So I think that that generation, that oldest generation, they just grew up with it being a part of heterosexuality. Maybe they don't use the word, but like the, the bisexual behavior, is just a common thing. So youngest thing, youngest generation, not a big deal. Uh, next 10 years, you know, somewhat of a deal, but not that big a deal. Bisexual erasure, and then they don't care. So those were my impressions about being bisexual in Japan, what do you think? Does that sound similar to your experiences if you've been to Japan, or is that similar to your experiences if you live outside the United States? I found it to be completely fascinating and super fun, and I highly recommend traveling to Japan. It's just a unique place in the world, and I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And I hope you liked the video. And if you liked the video and like to support the channel, you can check out my book, how to Win the Love Game. It is a book uh, that I most recently wrote, and it, it talks about how we fall in love from a neurochemical perspective. And I use that information to describe how we can get someone to fall in love with us, how we can find love, how we can rekindle the loves that we uh, already have. Because once you know what triggers the feelings behind love, you know what to trigger in your partner. You know what to trigger in the date. Once you understand how things work, you can apply it to your life in so many ways. So if you'd like to support the channel, please um, check out that book. I have it in paperback. I have it in ebook, And I actually have it in audiobook form. And a link to that is in the description below. So please go ahead and check that out. If you would like to support this podcast or just pick up some really cool bisexual merchandise, you can check out my bisexual romances on Amazon. I write under the pen name A. Anders. You can check out my bisexual t-shirts on Amazon by searching for the company Bisexual Real Talk. And you can go to Fluid Style Co.'s website at 
www.fluidstyleco.com. There you'll find plaid flannels for women and plaid dress shirts for men, all in the pride flag colors, specifically the bisexual, queer, asexual, and sexually fluid flag colors. Please support the channel and check it out. Until the next podcast, stay cooler, my bisexual friend. Stay cooler. Bye.